Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Promise, and we're so glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be one inside of you, Lord, and learn your word, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the ability to worship you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you with us Mm -hmm. as we get into the Word and continue our study in the book of Ephesians. We are in chapter 4, and this morning we are going to begin covering verses 17 through 32. So, could I have a volunteer read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Layla. This I say, therefore, and testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who when being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have been If you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Amen. So there is a lot in there. Uh, but I just want to bring to our remembrance that... Oftentimes, in, I'll say in the church, in Christendom, we hear about Ephesians 4 as the, the pinnacle and what most churches or assemblies or congregations have strived for, right? As a, an example of what the church is supposed to look like fully functioning in the gifts, in the offices, each member, right? Yes. Yes. Now. I bring this up because we're seeing more and more as we go into this chapter how that is possible. All right, what's required of us? First and foremost, full submitting, fully submitting ourselves to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
being led by his Holy Spirit. And we also see the personal day-to-day conduct that is exemplified when we are conformed to the image of Christ in our lives. We see the, the, I'll say the dichotomy, right? A good versus evil or righteousness versus unrighteousness exemplified here. Things that we should be doing because it's part of our lifestyle and things that should not be even mentioned concerning us. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I want to open up the floor at this time and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I'm sorry, Charles. did you (laughs) want to go? You can go, Layla. Oh, thank you. Something that the Lord had shown me concerning about what Paul was talking about, about the new man. Once when we were um, dead in sin, we were alienated from God and we weren't, I wouldn't say we weren't able to approach him because we, we see that we can to receive salvation, but certain things in the Lord were unavailable, like um, what Paul says about the tenderheartedness, the forgiveness that wasn't part of our lives at that point. But when we come to the Lord and we've been redeemed and he has made us alive to himself, then we put off the old man. And with that is the old man mindsets the and the actions and behaviors. And what I mean by that is this, when we were alienated from the Lord, I know for some people that said that they were afraid to approach the Lord and ask him for things. And then they've been saved later. And then they said they still feel the same way. They feel like they can't approach him. Like there's still this barrier and they're afraid to ask him to work on their behalf. And that's something that Paul is saying here about putting off the old man, that, that mindset that God is bad, which he never is. He's only good and always ever will be good. And understanding that we come to him to let him cultivate these other things, the gift, the fruits of the spirit in us so that we are conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. And we become more and more like the man or woman that God has for each of us to be. And we're fulfilling our role in the church. Like you mentioned, Dad, how this is uh, people think that the Ephesians 4 church was the epitome of awesomeness because everybody is working in their role and doing what they're supposed to, what God asked them to do, and they're working as a unit. But we can't get to that point of being refined if we're afraid to approach him, to to go, Lord, I'm struggling with this, help me. And then to submit to his, his leading and his guidance so that that issue can be dealt with. And I don't mean just dealt with in the moment or temporarily, but it could be fully uprooted and replaced with what God wants to put there what he wanted to put there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Charles, as you were speaking, Lily, you're talking about putting off the old man, but there's also one cure in what Paul is saying. He's mm-hmm. saying that you guys have been saved, but you still walk as all the other Gentiles. You do the same things. So when he's encouraging them to stop doing that, mm-hmm. I know my own life, the Lord may tell me to stop doing something. I say, Oh Lord, I've done this for a while though. And the Lord says, that's not of me or that does not glorify him. And that's not what he asked for me to do in the moment. And I would say, but Lord, I've done this for a while. <laughs> and how when we get from the, come from the perspective of, okay, this is where we came from. And 
it's sometimes it um as humans we tend to want to revert to the past what we knew beforehand we don't want to move forward change is not something that easily comes to humans and we try to latch on and paul's saying that you guys have been created anew inside of christ but there's still a role we have to walk in just because you're a new creature doesn't mean that you can do all the things you used to do but you're going to go to heaven that's not mm-hmm. how it works and he's encouraging them to put away all the stuff that you see all the others doing because you and he's also talking um and encouraging them not to do this because it dulls and pushes them away from god you see that where he talks about how they would be um let me read that actually how they're having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness you can see here he's talking about somebody who once knew god and how they progressively became alienated from him by doing sinful actions Mm. um inside of our own lives we also have to consider we see that um judas inside of the gospels he worked the exact same miracles and he understood god and meaning that he understood and worked with the Lord and had the Holy Spirit working through him, but he still betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to heaven because he had been a disciple and he walked with Jesus. That's not what granted them entrance. It was their own personal relationship and re- um, remaining with the Lord during mm-hmm. the whole process that allows people to enter into the heavenly community. And we can see here that Paul is encouraging us to walk the course out entirely instead of reverting back to old things or sinful actions i love that you brought that up sir that even the warning right of for this reason renew your mind right change your perspective and how you brought up or made the connection even with judas right in the epistles of john so first john john talks about members of the body that went out from them. And then he says very plainly, they went out from us, but they were never part of us. Now this is the Apostle John, who then writes Revelation, the book of Revelation, right? Who was a disciple of the Lord, walked with him during his time on the earth, his ministry, who saw this exact thing happen with Judas, as you said was used, signs and wonders. And how do we know he was used with signs and wonders, even though it doesn't necessarily say that? Because it would be really obvious for them to tell which one was going to betray the Lord. But yet, there, are, there they are at the, at the Last Supper, and they're all trying to figure it out. No one knew. So it was not obvious. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. So, while well, it doesn't say specifically... Judas was used for miracles and healing and and preached and taught the word with anointing and all these other things. It was clearly known by the Lord, but not known by them. It was not obvious in that manner. And the word says that he sent them, the disciples, out. He sent them out, and then he sent the 70. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, sent the 12. If he wasn't being used, it would be really easy to tell, mm-hmm. right? But again, John says, hey, they went out from us, but they were never part of of us. So in the same manner, he's saying, or in like manner, he's saying that these things never left him. He never put these away in his own life. And I'm not saying that to, to condemn Judas, right? There's one judge. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that. So we examine ourselves because 
as we read through these verses, there is a whole lot of attitudes, actions, and behaviors that don't reflect the nature, character, and attributes found in Christ. You know, and, and um, when I opened up this this um, episode, we were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, when I opened up the episode, we were discussing and talking about how many churches, congregations within the body of Christ have kind of looked at Ephesians 4 as, as, as you stated, sir, the epitome, what we should all strive to be. But what do we see in Ephesians 4 church? Paul having to correct some things that didn't glorify God. Sure. But don't we see Christ in this? Our pattern and example? All these negative things were not found in him. They weren't even mentioned as part of him. He was pure, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, right? He was the pure, sinless, sacrificial lamb. Yes. Isn't that how we are supposed to be? So you see Christ's character, nature, attributes, his driving force, which is his desire, his delight to do what his father said to say and to do. Nothing else, just to be pleasing towards the father. And he exemplified those things. He walked in all of the offices mentioned back in verses uh, 11 and 12, or 11, excuse me, right? He walked in all those things. But then you also saw how he raised up and trained up his disciples as little children, equipping them and training them up and teaching them Mm -hmm. to carry on the work just as a parent does to a child. Even though, well, it says very plainly that we are joint heirs, co-heirs with Christ. He's the firstborn of many brethren. So as an older sibling, he was teaching his, well, we, his siblings, right? Yes. Yes. So let's understand that in full because while we, again, strive to this, we are new in Christ and we have to be raised up, right? But we see how it all comes together when we examine the life and ministry of Christ in his time on earth. And this is what this is supposed to look like. Jesus never tore down people. He never, right? Yes. yes. It wasn't for greed. It wasn't for any of those things. He only desired to be pleasing towards his heavenly father. And he exhibited his father's nature, character, and attributes, which is why he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. And that's, that is the pattern example and what we should all, or we are all called not strive to be like, but where we are all called to be the image we are called to be conformed to. Yes, Dan? Yes, Dan. So, Dan. Do you have more, sir? Not at this time. All right. Promise? Well, Lee Charles, as you were talking about that, and Lila as well, about the new man, and Lord's also remind me of how with us being a new man, it's not when we get saved, we just get to wash our hands and be done with it. And the Lord does all the work. We have to do the work ourselves. And part of it is the Holy Spirit and the Lord helping us. And the way we do that is by first listening to the Holy Spirit because he will tell us what not to do and what to do. And the Lord reminded me of, for example, um, I used to bite my nails. And as, as a result, when the Lord told me not to do certain things because during tests and when I was anxious, I would bite my nails. And as when the Lord told me not to be anxious, as a result, I wanted to bite my nails. And as a result, I didn't do that anymore. And the same applies for everything else. Once we first allow the Lord to correct our mindsets and correct everything that's 
linked to what we're doing, then it's only time we're able to fix it. Because hmm. we can't do it by ourselves or else we want to need a savior. Amen. And we're to willingly cooperate when our Lord brings something to our attention. And so that, that's it. The Holy Spirit goes, come to me because you need me, right? Come to the Lord Jesus Christ because you need the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's our responsibility to go, yes, Lord, show me what is in your heart and in your mind and your will for me. And then when he brings something to our attention, not trying to go, never mind, shut up, God, I got it from here. I'll do it on my own and try to wrestle and take care of it because you won't succeed long term that way but going yes i hear you lord now i'm going to cooperate and be obedient i love that you said he identifies everything associated with that that he which he's talking about like biting your nails and he went to the root of what was happening and dealt with everything around it so that you could truly be free humans in our own um ability can only try to squelch the fruit that appears but Christ brings freedom, absolute freedom. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What else? Promise, were you still going? You can go. Well, as you're talking about here and as you're mentioning, Promise, that you're talking about something so small as buying your nails and how the Lord dealt with you on that. And we can see here that Paul's talking about things that aren't among the big uh, sins that we would name he's not talking about adultery fornication murder theft he's talking about all these little things that we would think oh the holy spirit will just forgive us because we live a relatively good life around him and we do most things correct and you can see here that paul is talking about grieving the holy spirit is not about doing all these big actions that you know blatantly are wrong it's not about rob- not robbing a bank which you know you shouldn't be doing he's talking about all these little things that we overlook but- can I, can I caution you, sir? Yes, Dad. And, and I, I want to caution you because for us, we tend to put a scale on what are big sins and what are little sins. If you really go through this, there is a ton of sin mentioned here. Yes, Dad. Right? Lewdness, mm-hmm. uncleanness, greediness, lying, stealing. And then bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, malice. There, there, there's a lot of things in here. We tend to try to put a scale on it. Well, this one weighs X amount and it's worth so many points or whatever, right? <laughs> yes, Dad. But the Lord doesn't like all sin. And, and and even with that scale, it's flawed that we tend to put on things. It's flawed because, well, we'll just take lying. We tend to go, oh, well, that's just a little lie. Vice, a quote-unquote big lie. Mm-hmm. Call it a white lie. There's right. no such thing. There's no such thing whatsoever. A lie is a lie. Mm-hmm. Revelations 21, uh, 27 says this. This is talking about heaven and the end of all things. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the Lord doesn't even want a lie in heaven. Yes. He wants nothing that causes defilement, and that's everything that's being described here in Ephesians. Um, so Ephesians 4. So 
There is no little sin, big sin. Now there's sin that's leading to death and sin not leading to death, which the scripture highlights. However, the Lord makes it clear, by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. So that You mean not little things or big things? Uh, I mean... It, it's all the same? And yes, for the sir. way that we consider it, we put lies down on the, 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 the lower rung, right? Because no one really gets hurt by a lie per se. It's not murder. It's not adult. Well, come on. That's how humans think about things because that's the sin nature wanting. It's the same thing that Lucifer said to woman in the beginning or Satan said to woman in the beginning. You won't surely die. You'll just know a little bit more, right? You won't die. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Put it on a scale. And then she fell in and guess what? She died twice spiritually and naturally. And she sent death through the whole generations of all mankind that would come to the earth, except for the Lord and Savior, because God was his father. But when she turned around and handed that fruit to her husband, she caused all of humanity to fall with her. When someone else said, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just a little thing. So. So let's understand that for our own lives, right? That's why I want to caution you. Because. It's not about our perspective towards these things. It's about the Lord's, right? Because you can even say, truth. oh, bitterness and, mm-hmm. and, and malice or gossip. That, those, aren't, those are just small things, but they aren't. No, they're big. They, they create much hurt within the body of Christ, much discontent, much separation, strife and chaos, and things that are not supposed to be found in the body. We're talking about unity. In, in, yes, ourselves, but also in the family dynamic. And we are the family of God. We are his body and his church and his bride. How can two walk together unless they agree? They can. Well, we have to first be in agreement and in unity. And that's done as a result of love. So these things cannot be together. Mm-hmm. And here's what the word says about bitterness. This is Hebrews 12:15. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. So we just read in Revelations, defiled is not a, an entry point, right? That's, yes. a, that's a non, non-entry on that. Bitterness or being defiled and bitterness is a direct leading to becoming defiled. So just, you know, realizing the depth and the, the seriousness of the, the value of being renewed in our mind so that our heart will change and then we can continue in the, in the presence of God. Amen. So there's a lot there. So let's, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you that you give us warnings, Lord. Warnings on what not to do, Lord, and also encouraging us to do the right thing, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your our example, Jesus, Lord, and that you allowed us to see how he lived, Lord, so we can base our own lives off of it, Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, who tells us all things that are right, Lord, and only leads us in good. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry. 
inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.